Welcome to Covenant's Pulpit Ministry. Covenant Evangelical Free Church believes that the Bible is the Word of God and that God's Word is vital for life-transforming Christianity. We trust that you will grow to know the Word of God and more importantly, the God of the Word as you hear this message today. May God bless you as you open your heart to His Word. Good morning, church. Good morning to those who are watching this online. Today and next Sunday, we will be moving away from our Thessalonians series to spend some time in our faith exploits. Our senior pastors will be leading Covenant EFC to take the Great Commission seriously, to disciple the generations, disciple Singapore, and disciple the nations. And today, I will be covering on Disciple the Generations from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1-7. to before we dive into the scriptures, allow me to give you a quick overview, background of Paul's second letter to Timothy. Paul writes his parting words to Timothy. This letter was written during the last few moments of Paul's life before he faces death. In his parting words to Timothy, his spiritual son, he was urging him to press on with endurance, with faithfulness, with boldness for the sake of the gospel. Imagine yourself in Paul's shoe giving your parting words, what would you say? For those of you with family business, in your parting words to your loved ones, you might tell them to guard the family business and ensure that the business empire is passed down through the generations. For those of you with strong family ties, you might tell your loved ones, your grandchildren, your nieces, nephew, to guard the family relationships and ensure that the family clan grows through the generations. So what did Paul Tell Timothy in his parting words. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 7, Paul gives four commands to Timothy to guard the gospel and pass it on. Today, we must pay careful attention to the four commands. We must preserve the gospel through the generations as well. Church, we must disciple the generations. We cannot let Christianity end in our generation. We cannot let our faith end in our generation. We must let it spread, spread across generations, spread through the generations. And that's why we have titled today's sermon as Disciple the Generations, Viral Faith. Let it spread across and through the generations. From 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. Before we read the scriptures, allow me to open this time with a word of prayer. Let us pray. Father, may you fill us with a spirit to understand your word. May we not just be hearers, but doers of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 7, Paul gives four commands to Timothy to guard the gospel and pass it on. And today we must do our very best to preserve the gospel through the generations as well. To do our very best, we must be strengthened by God's grace, and trust the gospel to faithful people. We must share in the suffering together. Think and consider all these commands seriously and prayerfully. So we must do our best to preserve the gospel through the generations. Let's begin with the first point of today's sermon. Be strengthened by God's grace. Let us read verse 1 of 2 Timothy chapter 2, and this is what Paul writes to Timothy. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. In this simple verse 1, there are two things that we must take note. 
When Paul writes, be strengthened in the Greek present tense, he writes it to convey a continual process of being strengthened by God's grace. It is not enough for Timothy to experience God's grace at the point of salvation. Timothy must be strengthened by God's grace on a daily basis. Point two, second point that we must take note. When Paul writes, be strengthened in the Greek present tense, he's using the imperfective verbal aspect of this language to theologically draw out something important to us. In the past, the Bible authors uses the verbal aspect of the Greek language as a form of a highlighter to draw up something that is really important. Sometimes when we read the English translation, we miss the importance and the emphasis. So Paul really wants us to look at the first command, be strengthened by God's grace. He writes it in a way to emphasize a point. What Paul is trying to say is this, unless Timothy is strengthened by God's grace on a regular, continual basis, there will be no way he can endure the suffering. Unless he's strengthened by God's grace, there will be no way he can endure the suffering and to ensure the gospel is passed on to the next generation. So being strengthened by God's grace is something that Paul wants Timothy to take note. And this is something that we must take note. We must spend some time in today's sermon to understand God's grace. Be amazed by God's grace and be strengthened by God's grace. So my first question to all of you is this. Do you fully understand God's grace? Many of us knew about God's grace, encountered God's grace when we first said that sinner's prayer many years ago. But not many of us really understand God's grace on a daily basis. Today, some of you are struggling in your discipleship journey and you have stopped serving church or perhaps stopped discipling someone. Some of you are struggling in your walk to the point of even giving up your faith. Today, some of you are experiencing deep pain and injustice in your life. And honestly, discipling the generations is far from your heart and your mind. Today, God has a word for you. Do not run away. Do not give up. Run to Him. Seek to understand His grace all over again. Be strengthened by God's grace so that you can join in the fight to preserve the gospel through the generations together. So how do you be strengthened by God's grace on a daily basis? Firstly, just run to Him. Be strengthened by God's grace is as simple as just running to Him. Don't run to your plan B, plan C, plan D. Don't run to friends first. Don't run to anyone first. Run to Him and say, God, help me. It's as simple as that. God, help me. Say that prayer every day, throughout your whole day. And that's how you can be strengthened by God's grace. So you are strengthened by God's grace, firstly, by running to Him. Secondly, don't run away. Don't run away from your pain, from your injustice, from your failures. You know, most of us really don't like pain. We don't like injustice. We don't like failures. And the first thing that we do is often just to run away. But in our episodes of pain, God wants us to learn something deep about His grace. God wants us to know that God's amazing grace is deeper than our pain. It's wider than our understanding. It's stronger than our feelings of inadequacy. It's higher than what our minds can conceive. In your pain and injustice, don't run away. 
Let that be the moment that you encounter God's grace. Today, God wants you to truly believe that He has sovereignly allowed the pain, injustice, and even failures in your life not to harm you, but to draw you nearer, to let you experience that His grace is truly deeper, wider, stronger, higher than what our eyes can see. So be strengthened by God's grace. Run to Him. Don't run away. Be strengthened by Him so that you can join in the fight to preserve the gospel through the generations together. Church, we must do our best to preserve the gospel through the generations. Firstly, we must be strengthened by God's grace. Don't run away. Run to God. Be strengthened by Him so that you can join in the fight to preserve the gospel through the generations together. To do our best, we must, secondly, entrust the gospel to faithful people. Let us read verse 2. Paul says, And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. God is commanding Timothy, and trust the gospel to faithful and available men. It's often said that Christianity is one generation away from extinction. And it's also said that the only way to ensure Christianity is passed on is through entrusting, entrusting the gospel to faithful people. All of us know that to pass on any Kung Fu, the way is to entrust. But how exactly do we do that? I want to share with you a wisdom that Pastor Edmund Chan shared with us many years ago. He said this, To entrust the gospel to faithful people, we must know the truth, apply the truth, reap the benefits, and pass it on. We cannot skip the first three steps. To entrust the gospel to faithful people, we cannot just immediately pass to someone. We must know the truth ourselves, apply it, reap the benefits, and pass it on. So I want to encourage you to keep reading God's Word. Keep using our Covenant DJ in the Covenant website. Keep walking in God's Word. Keep walking in obedience. Let your life be so transformed by the Word of God, by the grace of God, that you are reaping the benefits and naturally passing it on. We must disciple the generations. We must entrust the Gospel to faithful people. Church, we must entrust the gospel to faithful people. We must be kingdom-minded disciples who seek to reproduce ourselves across the generations. You know, sometimes when we look at discipling the generations, we have this idea that discipling the generations means discipling the younger ones. Or maybe we might think discipling the generations refer to families discipling their children and excluding those who are singles or those who are married without kids. Absolutely not. Verse 2 says that we entrust the gospel to faithful people. So if God is asking you to entrust the gospel to faithful people who are younger than you, just do it. If God is asking you to entrust the gospel to faithful people who are your peers, same age as you, just do it. If God is asking you to entrust the gospel to faithful people who are older than you, just do it. Some of you may need to entrust the gospel to your parents who are not safe yet, who are older than you, your elders, your relatives. Just do it. The aim is that we must entrust the gospel to faithful people. We must be kingdom-minded disciples who seek to reproduce ourselves across the generations. My brothers and sisters in Christ, if you keep your life to yourself, all you have is yourself. But if you invest your life in others, you may impact them and the generations after them. You know, my boys are considered sixth-generation Christian in our family lineage. 
my husband and myself, we are deeply grateful for the missionary who discipled their great-great-great-great-grandfather in China. And when that missionary discipled their ancestor, he did not just disciple their great-great-great-great-grandfather, but that missionary has impacted the generations who come after him. And today, we are part of their blessings. So church, I want to encourage you. If you keep your life to yourself, all you have is yourself. But if you invest your life in others, you may impact them and the generations who come after them. Recently, I heard of an amazing story in Woodland Centre. There is a covenanter who recently prayed to receive Christ some months ago, worshipping with us here. And he shared with us that he came to the faith because someone in BBJ uh, reached out to him. So he was a pre-believer some months ago, attended an external course, and met this covenanter in BBJ, who is much, much, much younger than him. So this covenanter shared the gospel, and he prayed to receive Christ. And this covenanter discipled him for some time, explaining the faith to him and entrusting the gospel to him, who is a really an amazing man. And this season, this young believer is really wondering how he can bring that blessing, that gospel, to his family, to his children, to his extended family. I'm very grateful for this BBJ covenanter who has not only discipled this person who is much older than him, but has indirectly impacted his kampong and the generations who come after him. So church, we must do our very best to preserve the gospel through the generations. We must be strengthened by God's grace and trust the gospel to faithful people. Invest your life to others and see how that can impact them and the generations who come after them. Thirdly, to do our best to preserve the gospel through the generations, we must share in the suffering. Let us read verse 3, the third command from Paul to Timothy. Paul says this, Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. So Paul invites Timothy to join him in the suffering to guard the gospel and pass it on. Paul invites Timothy to endure and suffer like a good soldier, like an athlete, like a farmer. Paul uses the common occupation in those days to send a single message, the message of being single-minded, to guard the gospel and pass it on even amidst of the suffering. You know, when I was preparing the sermon and studying the passage, I can't help but to ask this question. If Paul was writing to a group of Singaporean Christians, urging us to preserve the gospel through the generations, what examples would he use? Certainly, he wouldn't write to be a soldier, to be a farmer, to be an athlete, because these are not common occupations in our culture. So perhaps he might inspire Singaporean Christians in this. To preserve the gospel through the generations is like preserving our Singapore hawker culture through the generations. It has been reported that hawker culture in Singapore was successfully inscribed as Singapore's first element on the UNESCO representative list of intangible cultural heritage of humanity on 16 December 2020. This has been a source of pride for Singapore government and they started pouring a lot of resources to preserve our Singapore hawker culture through the generations. But you and I know that government-initiated programs are never enough to preserve our Singapore hawker culture through the generations. 
every citizen in Singapore must play a part to preserve our Singapore hawker culture through the generations. So likewise, it is not enough for church pastors and leaders to initiate programs to preserve the gospel through the generations. Every citizen in God's kingdom must play a part to share in the suffering and do it together. Just like how we would preserve our Singapore hawker culture through the generations, some of us who are good in governizing went down during the circuit breaker to urge every hawker, every auntie-uncle to join in the online app so that their business may continue to flourish during the circuit breaker. For some of us who are not so governizing in nature, not so tech-savvy, what can we do? We must play our part to preserve the hawker culture through the generations. We must continue to patronize. We must continue to visit the hawker centers to give business to the auntie-uncle so that their business may flourish and preserve the Singapore hawker culture through the generations. So my family, myself, we try to do that. Is it easy? No. We have to share in the suffering together because my boys will say, Ma, can we go cafe? Can we go restaurant? Because hawker centre is very, very hot. But I always say, no, let's share in the suffering. Let's give business to the auntie-uncle so that we can preserve our Singapore hawker culture. In the same way, how we want to preserve the food so that our future generations can taste and see the goodness of our hawker food. Likewise, we must do our best together to preserve the gospel so that our future generations can taste and see the goodness of God. So it is never enough for church leaders and pastors to initiate programs to preserve the gospel through the generations. Every citizen in God's kingdom must play a part to share in the suffering and do it together. So our version of sharing the suffering may not be persecution like Paul and Timothy days our version of sharing the suffering may just be just giving our time and our energy because we are all busy Singaporeans. So do your part. Give your time and your energy. If God is calling you to disciple the younger ones, just do it. Disciple them and you can impact them and the generations who come after them. But maybe God is not calling you to directly disciple someone. Maybe God is calling you to just gather the young children in your CG and create a relational environment for the young children to play with their church friends and to flourish their relationship. Just do it. You know, a lot of youths, they leave church not because they do not like Jesus. They leave church because they don't have friends. By 13, 14, 15 years old, they don't have friends and that's when they will start to leave church. But you and I, God may not call you to directly disciple the young ones. God may call you as an auntie and uncle in the CG to pull the young kids in your home and on a regular basis, open up your home, cook for them, give them a space to just play, to just play and create that relational environment for their friendships to flourish. If that is you, just do it. Every one of us must play a part to share in the suffering and do it together. I know of six families in my kampong, how they came together as families to say, let's pull our young children together on a regular basis in our homes and just let their friendship flourish. So I'm really amazed by these six families because they come to a conclusion that discipling their younger ones is never the responsibility of the next generation ministry. They also come to a conclusion that discipling the young ones is not just the parents' responsibility. It's the kampong responsibility. So six families come together on a regular basis to open up their home to just gather the young children and just play together. So some who are not able to open up their home, they will contribute food. 
contribute fruits. Some who has a bit more energy will bring the kids for cycling. So whatever it is, do your part, share in the suffering, give your time and energy. And let's do it together because we must disciple the generations. We must do our best to disciple the generations. To do our best, we must be strengthened by God's grace. We must entrust the gospel to faithful people. We must share in the suffering and do it together. Do our part. There's no too small action that is not needed in God's kingdom. Last but not least, we must think and consider all these commands prayerfully. Let's go to the last verse in verse 7. This is what Paul says. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Paul commands Timothy to think through his commands very carefully and seriously. Today, I urge you to do that as well. We must do our best to preserve the gospel through the generations, to strengthen ourselves in by God's grace, to entrust the gospel to faithful people, to share in the suffering and to think and consider very carefully. Because Paul writes the first command in the Greek present tense with great emphasis, we want to spend some time to really think and consider God's amazing grace in our lives. My brothers and sisters in Christ, think and consider God's amazing grace in your life. Recall His amazing grace in your life. Recall how He has saved you, how He saved you from darkness into light, from death into eternal life, how He sent people to disciple you when you were young, how He sent colleagues and friends to disciple you. Think about God's amazing grace in your life because we must join in the fight to disciple the generations together. We cannot let Christianity end in our generation. We must let it spread across the generation, through the generations. We must not let it end in our generation. You know, when I look at the Ukraine war, many people are fighting not for themselves. They are fighting for the future generations. Today, I call you, join the fight. Preserve the gospel through the generations. And may you be blessed through that process. May I invite you to close your eyes, those on-site and online as well. Allow God to speak to you. There are two groups of my brothers and sisters here that I want to speak lovingly towards, to you. God's amazing grace is deeper than your pain, wider than your understanding, stronger than your feelings of inadequacy, and higher than what your minds can conceive. He wants you to run to Him. Don't give up. Run to Him and be strengthened by His grace. Be amazed by His grace once again. Don't give up. We must not let Christianity become a history. We must not allow Jesus to die for nothing. We must preserve the gospel through the generations. And today, if you feel like giving up and you desperately desire God's strength and His grace once again, with all eyes closed, can I invite you to raise your hand? Raise your hand even though you are watching this online as well. Raise your hand and I want to pray for you. Father, I want to bless my brothers and sisters here. They are raising up their hands and to say that they are weak. They are running back to you and may you fill them with your spirit. May you overwhelm them, Father. Overwhelm them by your grace and the goodness in their lives. Open their eyes to see your goodness. Open their eyes to see and be amazed by your grace once again. Strengthen them so that they will never give up. 
they will join in the fight to preserve the gospel together. You may put your hands down right now and allow me to speak to the second group of us here. God is stirring in your heart to disciple the generations. God is stirring in your heart to be a kingdom-minded disciple, to reproduce yourself across the generations. God is asking you to join in the fight, to join in the fight, to fight not for yourself, to fight for the next generation, to fight for the future generations. And if that is you, I want to invite you to raise your hand as well with all eyes closed. Raise your hand up in the gallery for anyone up there as well. I want to pray for you. Father, I want to bless my brothers and sisters here. You who started the good work, I know you will be faithful. You will finish it for them. So may you fan that flame in them. Fan it in the name of Jesus. So that they live their lives not just for themselves. They live their lives for you, your glory, and your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Sharon, for bringing us God's word. Invite us to stand. I pray the benediction for us. Let's stand. Let's rise. Let's take a few moments to be silent before the Lord. He is present with us. Thank you so much, Lord, for being here this morning. Father, will you bless us and keep us? Will you make your face to shine upon us? Father, will you lift up your countenance upon us and give us your peace both now and forevermore? Because we pray this in your Son's most precious name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Please be seated. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you with a marvellous week ahead. God bless. We're glad you had spent some time listening to God's Word. And we hope that the message has ministered to you. Should you require more assistance, kindly call 6892-6811 or you can visit us at www.cefc.org.sg for more sermon titles. God bless you in your spiritual pilgrimage ahead.